So here we are. Kind of stuck between that Christmas celebration that we had the other night. The place was full and the music was glorious. And we got to meet that little baby. What a wonderful time it was, but you know, tomorrow's Monday. And next week we get past this New Year's celebration and we're back to life as usual, right? With all the things that we have to take care of, the responsibilities and the cares and the concerns and the worries and maybe some of that credit card bill after the Christmas rush. In our Bible story the pastor just read, we, we got to see Mary and Joseph go to the temple to take Jesus for the very first time to go to the temple. And the reason that they went there is because Mary and Joseph wanted to be faithful to the Old Testament and to the ceremonial laws that were part of what they believed as Jews, where they would take their firstborn and they would commit this firstborn and present him to God as his. And then they would redeem him back. And the other reason why they went to the temple is because in the Old Testament laws told them that a woman who had just given birth needed to purify herself. Now we learn a couple things about Mary and Joseph from this story. The first thing that we learn about them is that they were devout. That they were true worshipers of Yahweh, the God. Now there's not much doubt about that after we have seen all the events of the Christmas story, right? How faithfully they followed Him. We know that they were devout. We know that they were sincere believers in Yahweh, but we learned something else about them. We learned that they were poor because the law said and required for purification for them to bring a lamb and a pigeon to, as a sacrifice, a lamb and a turtle dove. But the law also gave this provision that if they couldn't afford a lamb, that they could bring two turtle doves. We've heard that song before, haven't we? So Mary and Joseph traveled seven miles from Bethlehem to Jerusalem to take Jesus for the very first time to God's house. And while they were there, they got to meet this guy by the name of Simeon. Now, we don't know a lot about Simeon. We have this one little Bible story about Simeon. We don't ever hear about him before that, and we don't ever hear about him afterwards. We don't know a lot about who this Simeon was. We don't know if he was clergy. We don't know if he was a faithful layperson. We don't know if he was young or he was old. Now, in my mind's eye, I've always thought of Simeon as being an old guy. In fact, every picture that I ever saw of him in Sunday school depicted this older gentleman with this long, flowing white beard. And I thought, well, maybe my memory isn't serving me well, so I Googled it. And every image that I saw on Google, almost every single one of them had this old guy with this long, white, flowing beard, conveying him as an elderly gentleman. Now, why would we think that? Well, maybe it's because the next person that we meet in Luke chapter 2 is a woman by the name of Anna. And we do know that Anna was an elderly woman. She was a widow. She'd been married for seven years, and then for her husband had died, she'd been a widow, and she had devoted almost every waking moment to serve God in His temple. And the Bible passage tells us that she was 84 years old. 
And so maybe by association we assume, well, if Anna's there serving God and she's 84, then Simeon must be older and he must be an old guy too. Or maybe it's because of his words. Because after Simeon had met this little baby Jesus, and after he had blessed God, he said, I'm ready to depart. I'm ready to die. Now, a young person probably wouldn't say that, so we assume that maybe he's an older guy. But there are some things we do know about Simeon. First of all, we learn from Luke chapter 2 that uh, Simeon was faithful and he was devout. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout. We also know that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, in three verses, in three sentences, the Holy Spirit is mentioned three times. So it goes on to say, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would see death, but he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And so we learn in here that Simeon was devout and righteous, that he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and we learn something else, that he was waiting. He was waiting. He was waiting to see the consolation that God would offer to him. He was waiting to see the salvation that God would offer to the, to the world, to all peoples. He was waiting to see the Savior, the Messiah that God had promised. He was waiting. As I was thinking about this whole Bible passage, and thinking about Simeon, I got to thinking about you and me. We spend a lot of time waiting, don't we? Some of us are maybe dealing with some illnesses in our lives. And we're waiting on the doctors. And sometimes the doctors give us some options, but none of the options are good. And so we're waiting to see what the future will hold. Others of us might be struggling with some relationship issues where we're estranged or we've got a broken relationship with someone that we care about a great deal. And so we pray about it and we go to that person, we try to make amends, but the other person isn't having anything to do with us. And so we wait, hoping that things will change down the road. Maybe some of us are struggling with our jobs. We're finding that we really don't enjoy our jobs. Or maybe we are out of work and we're waiting to find another job. Or maybe things aren't going so well at our workplace and we're wondering if we're even going to have a job in a couple weeks. Some of us are maybe graduated from college and we're in a profession that we find out that maybe wasn't all we thought it was cracked up to be. And so we're waiting. Waiting and hoping things will change in the future and that the job situation will change. Some of us may be struggling with our children. Not, not that we have a problem with our children, but, you know, our children are grown up and they're starting to make choices in life and they're faced with challenges and our hearts hurt for them. And they're growing up and we're struggling and 
Or maybe they've walked away from the Lord and we're concerned about that. And so we bring it to prayer and we're asking the Lord that maybe he would change their hearts and bring them back closer. And, and in the meantime, we're out of control. And so we pray and we wait. We spend a lot of time waiting, don't we? And waiting can be painful. It, it can be excruciating sometimes. And Simeon was waiting Waiting because the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that someday he would see this baby Jesus, the Savior of the world. And then suddenly, one day, led by the Spirit, he goes to the temple, and there he is, a baby. With his own eyes, he got to see the consolation that he had been looking for. And then he prays this prayer that we pray as part of our liturgy here in our hymnal. And he prays these words, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. With his very own eyes, Simeon finally got to see this baby. After all that waiting, he got to see this baby with his own eyes. But, you know, I got to thinking about that. How did he know that was the baby? After all, I mean, if Simeon was as devout as it says he was and righteous as the word tells us he was, then certainly he'd seen other babies in the temple, right? How did he know that this baby was the baby? And I got to thinking about that. How about us? How do we know that everything that Pastor Dave told us on Christmas Eve was true? That this baby is God with us, our Emmanuel. How do we know that? How do we know? How can we be so sure that when we lift up our prayers that God is actually hearing them and that he will answer them? How can we be sure that God even exists and that this child is really the Son of God? Well, folks, about the only way that I can, the best way, that I can answer that is to share with you what I learned from a little child. Years ago, when our daughter was about two, two and a half years old, we were going through our nightly ritual. We went into her bedroom, sat down on her bed, and we began to read a couple of bedtime stories. And then I tucked her in just so, just the way she liked to be tucked in, and she was particular, believe me. And I told her that I loved her, gave her a kiss, and we said our prayers, and we sang our prayers, the same prayers that I had grown up knowing and that she sang, and now she's singing and saying them with her child. And when we got all done, I got up, gave her a kiss, and I went over and turned out the light, and I closed the door just so. You know what I'm talking about where you leave the crack open so that the light can go in a little bit? And I said, honey, you don't have to be afraid of the dark now. We're right on the other side. And as I'm walking away, I hear this little voice say, yep, don't have to be afraid of the dark. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, cool, teachable moment. So I turn back around. I said, you're right. Do you know why we don't have to be afraid of the dark? Yep, don't have to be afraid of the dark because God is with us. I'm thinking, yeah, she got it. And then as I'm walking away, I hear, can't see him with our eyes, but we can see him with the eyes of our heart, and that's called faith. 
teachable moment, for sure. But it wasn't her that learned the lesson, it was me. Because folks, I didn't teach her that. And neither did her mother. How do we know? Because folks, you and I have seen this baby. We have seen the Son of God with our own eyes. We have seen him through the faith that has been worked in us because you know what, folks? The day that we were baptized, and it just happened today, the day that we were baptized, the Holy Spirit indwelled us. And some of us came to faith before we were baptized, and it was when God's word was spoken into our hearts that you and I became children of God, and we have been indwelled with the Holy Spirit, just like Simeon. And when we were indwelled, we were given faith. And in that faith, we have eyes in our hearts where we can see that baby and we can know for sure that this is the Son of God. And that this Son of God is with us always. He will never leave us, no matter what we're waiting for. No matter what uncertainties we face and worries or concerns or schedules or responsibilities that we have. We've seen Jesus. Simeon saw him, and he knew. And he lifted this baby up, and he blessed God. But there's something in this Bible passage that is left for us to wonder. A little bit earlier, I told you, you know, we don't really know how old this Simeon was. He may have been an old man. But he may have been a young man, too, for all we know. And you know what else we don't know about this Simeon? We don't know when he died. Now, when I heard this story in Sunday school as a child, I always kind of imagined, I guess, that he went home that evening and he died in his sleep. And when they found him the next day, he had a big smile on his face because he had seen Jesus. But we don't know that. He may have lived for years after this, for all we know. And if he did, then... He spent more time waiting. But you know, I I don't think Simeon cared because he had seen his Savior. He had seen the consolation that God brings. And folks, you and I have seen that consolation too. Do you know where we've seen him? The clearest and the best the very same place that Simeon saw this Jesus in the house of God. And every week when we come back here, we see him again. Every week when we come back here, we hear him speak to us as we open his word and his words are spoken into our lives. Every week we come back in here and we see this baptismal font and we're reminded that we are children of God, that we belong to Him. And because we belong to Him, He's not going to leave us. He's with us through all those times of waiting and those uncertainties and cares and worries and times of sadness. He's with us when we just want to be happy. He's there. And then when we come up here broken and damaged 
and sick and tired of waiting, he comes to us in person. And he reveals himself to us. And he says, This is my body. This is my body. And then he says, This is my blood. I'm right here with you. And every week we see him again. And he reminds us that he's never, ever going to leave us. And then we can pray that prayer. And we can say, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Every week. And folks, in a little while, we're going to be departing this place. And we can depart in peace knowing that as we walk out this door and we face those Mondays and we face that new year with all its uncertainties and all those concerns and worries that we have, that we're not going alone. We've seen the Savior. He's alive and He's well and He's with us. And He's walking every step of the way. And we know that nothing can separate us from His love, not even death. And folks... When that waiting gets to be too much, when we're broken and tired and worn down and burned and hurt and sorry and afraid, he invites us back. And he says, come into my house. Let me remind you that you belong to me, that you're my child. Hear my words of comfort and all the promises that I promise that I'm going to keep and know that I am with you. See me again. He invites us to come back, to worship, connect, and serve. We talk about that every week. He invites us to participate in his word and his sacraments. He invites us to come back frequently and often Because you know where we see Christ best? Right here. In the house of God. Amen? Amen. Let's rise. And